And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go. Welcome, everyone. It is the beginning of another busy broadcast week. Jason Hud here in the studio. The underground bunker, the super secret underground bunker here at World Headquarters. And the busybody brigade is at it again we'll get into that here in just a moment the live chat is open for those of you who are watching this live we are on both youtube and facebook and it does look like the technology is cooperating with us today so far i got a nod there from mrs boss confirming that so good to see there we are also uh eventually putting these over on uh, library and bit so you can check that out over there if you are so inclined and these are available in podcast form uh, a little bit later i've got to catch up on a few of those iHeartRadio, spotify amazon music apple podcast tune in stitcher and double twist all of those places where you can find this program in audio formats for podcast listening. And you can send us a comment, the email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. You can also leave comments everywhere you can find us. We're on all the social media. Well, most of the social media. And we do have negotiated for you. 10% off when you use the promo code sci-fi for me 10 over at superherostuff.com that is uh, good in combination with other uh, with other offers and uh, sales items and what not so uh, first of all just want to give out uh, our our thoughts uh, for the family of Sinbad. He has suffered a stroke, apparently. That news came uh, this morning. His family confirmed he's 64 years old. I did not realize that he was that old. Uh, but Sinbad, uh, recovering from a stroke. We don't know how severe it was. We don't know uh, anything beyond that. Uh, but uh, there we are. That's that's not a that's not a great way to begin the week, you know. Okay, so over the weekend, my goodness, there was so much. Uh, hello, Sci-Fi Snob in the chat. Had to get a toasted tomato sandwich. My mother loves tomatoes. My wife loves tomatoes. I do not love tomatoes, but I am not going to call you names if you love tomatoes because 
all are welcome here. Now, if you start talking about pineapple on a pizza, we may have a problem, but tomato lovers are okay. Welcome, everyone. So, okay, uh, uh, where do I start with this stuff? I mean, our good friend, Anita Sarkeesian, is at it again. Performing the Sarkeesian maneuver about boobs. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Anita Sarkeesian, she is a feminist. She is a, a YouTuber. She is a a thought provocateur type of person who latched on, somehow came out of the... Gamergate, uh, the whole Gamergate situation, and has positioned herself as an authority on various different uh, female-related topics in gaming and genre and comics, and her name... Uh, her name was bandied about uh, during the controversy surrounding The Last of Us 2. She occasionally pops her head up like whack-a-mole and spouts off uh, various random things to provoke a reaction. Uh, after which, uh, said reaction, she gets to play the victim and boo-hoo and then grift and give me money so I can keep talking about feminism in gaming and comics and whatnot. It's it's a, so far has been, uh, a, I guess, a relatively successful grift for her, but, you know, it's, your mileage may vary for all that, uh, for all that you could maybe have legitimate complaints about certain things in gaming and comics, when you start to make it up and when you start to buy into your own press, <sighs> Sometimes that uh, that works against you. So that's that's one of those things because this is what started this weekend. And I know and this comes out of the Mandalorian's latest episode, the Eris, in which we finally get to see Katie Sackhoff in the in the live action as the live action version of Bo Katan. Clan Crees, the female Mandalorian. Now, Anita, wise and sage Anita, comes out with this tweet. And I know that she's sitting here deliberately trying to provoke a reaction. I, I know this. And... I don't want to spend too terribly much time on this because I really don't want to give her that kind of attention. And and to preface all of this, don't contact any of these people that we talk about and address and discuss. It, it is counterproductive and it feeds into the to the victim narrative that they like to present. But this is where it starts. 
Anita Sarkeesian posting, Lady Mandalorians have boob armor? Oh, come on, seriously. First of all, Anita, did you assume their gender? How very backwards retro of you. I mean, that that's that's the rhetoric, right? That's how we approach this. One, the armor in the live-action version is very much along the lines of the design in the animated version. It's a it's a very it's a very good uh, close match. I mean, live action to animated, you're going to have differences, of course, because you actually are now dealing with the actual real physical person in a space and you have real physical material to make the costume. So it's going to do some different things. But for Anita to sit here and say, uh, the, you know, complain about the boob armor, and really, this is, this is such, this is such a silly waste of time to be talking about this kind of stuff. She is deliberately poking the bear. I know what she's doing. And there have been people that have been reacting to this all weekend. There have been videos out and there have been discussions. Clownfish TV has done one. Drunk3PO did one. Anna, that Star Wars girl, did one. Uh, Leanna Kersner did one. Um, Jeremy at the quarter, Quartering. I think Geeks and Gamers did something. I mean, it's, it's all over. Which is exactly what this tweet this post is designed to do it's designed to get a reaction it's designed to get discussion and we're doing it here we're talking about it here there's no such thing as bad press at least that's what some people say hello era in the in the chat uh welcome thanks for being here and the the, the the goal of this tweet, obviously, is to get people chattering, neener, neener, neenering, and reacting, and that sort of thing. I don't know that this is going to go the way Sarkeesian thinks it might should need to go, because people are on to her now. There are, there are plenty of people who realize what her shtick is. It is... Make a statement, provoke a reaction, claim victimhood, ask for money to support the cause. Now, I have not seen the I have not seen the ask yet. I haven't seen the ask, but the victimhood is uh, the victimhood is out there. Um, first of all, before I, before I get to that. Um, the plural form of Mandalorians, when she says Lady Mandalorians, the, the, the plural form does not have an apostrophe in it. I, that, that's probably what makes me grind my teeth more than anything else out of this, out of this post, is, that it is the grammar of it. But that's beside the point. So it has been really uh, severely ratioed here. 8,700 uh, quote tweets and reactions, 3,200 likes, 217 retweets. This is something. This is something that um, I I still don't understand the whole the whole concept of ratioing 
I think it's I I think this has been ratioed. I'm pretty sure this has been ratioed. Somebody can some can can correct me if I'm wrong. It has been known to happen. But then she comes in and she's got an entire thread reacting to the reaction. So the victim stuff is coming. We're getting that now. This, you know, they're coming after me, they're coming after me. This is this is something we've already done. We've been here before. This is just going to be more stuff. She is uh, along, she is farther along in the process of executing a Sarkeesian maneuver. And I fully expect in the next day or two to see some kind of ask for money. Because that's how, that's what she does. It'll either be, uh, it'll either be an ask for money for the Feminist Frequency podcast, or it'll be whatever next project that she's got going that she needs startup funding for, and that'll be the thing. But it's always, it always ends in an ask for money. It always ends with the handout. And I think enough people are, are on to her now that understand her grift. I don't know that this is going to play out exactly the way she hopes. I'm going to assume the better part of our natures will win out and we will see this for what it is and she doesn't get anything. Maybe. All right, so Sci-Fi Stop says, when comics exceed, comments exceed likes, it implies disagreement equals ratio. Okay, that's what I thought it was. But I'm old. I'm still learning, you know, old dog new tricks. Now, some of the reactions uh, to... Let me make sure I got the right screen up. Some of the reactions to this has basically just been showing actual examples of armor that women have worn over the years, uh, including body armor for law enforcement. There is a curve. There is uh, there is a design here to accommodate uh, certain particular forms, shall we say. And this is something even the military is taking into account at this point because, you know, now we have women in combat. This this article is from, uh, this one doesn't say, it's, it's been a while, but this one here, I mean, this is, this is new armor for women. This is back in September of this year. You notice there is a slight curve in the form of the body armor. But then I ran across this article. This is uh, the website Defense Visual Information Distribution Service, and there is a type of body armor called Generation 3 IOTV. Uh, This is from, this is Dateline, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, from August of 2012. So this is nothing new for the military which is a real-life thing, not a made-up story fiction thing. This is something that actually is going on. So they've been taking into account the fact that you've got women in combat now, and they have been for a while, and women in combat means that women have to wear body armor. That's, That's a given. Women in combat have to wear body armor 
For a long time, they've been wearing body armor that's been designed for men because up until a certain point, men were the only ones that went into combat. So now they have to make adjustments because the, the design of the armor for men is not fitting the women that well. And so they're having to, you know, they're having issues. So the military said, okay, well, we need, to com- we need combat armor for women that's designed specifically for women. Now, this is from August of 2012. This is eight years old that this has been a thing. All right. Which is why I don't I don't understand why this continues to be a, a a point of contention other than the fact that we've got people who want to make an issue out of it, like Anita Sarkeesian <clears throat> and anybody else that came over from Tumblr. But we'll get to that here in a minute, because that's another that's another issue. But from the article, quote, Lynn Hennessy. Clothing designer for the Research Design and Engineer Center said that there was a need for female-specific body armor since 85% of the extra small sizes were too large and long for many female soldiers. So long in the torso, uh, I guess that would be. The new armor that she helped design is made to curve with certain parts of the unique physique of the female anatomy compared to the one-size-fits-all armor that was geared toward male soldiers. So, it's a thing, Anita. It's not just, you know... And I really don't see... it's, It's not like... It's not like Red Sonja's outfit. It's not the metal bikini. It's not Slave Leia's metal bikini. It's... It's functional... You are poking the bear for the sake of poking the bear. And then when the bear comes around and scratches you, uh, you can say, oh, that mean old bear. That's that's what this is. And that's all the time I'm going to give to Anita Sarkeesian because it's ridiculous to continue to give her any credibility at all. She doesn't have credibility at all. She's a grifter. That's what I think. Um, yeah, side by side. I wish it was the metal bikini. Now, right? Well, for some, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that Katie Sackhoff would look good in a metal bikini. Um, some uh, some others probably not so much. It depends. But there are two there are two takeaways for me on Bo-Katan's armor. One, it matches what we've seen in Clone Wars, and two, it matches what we've seen in Clone Wars and Rebels. I mean, I, it, that's the costume. That's the outfit. That's the design. And my my concern is that we stay consistent and stay faithful to the continuity of the shows. And I will I will tip my hat to Favreau and Filoni for making sure that that happens. You know, and Katie Sackhoff, my my biggest thing is she doesn't look old enough. 
because given her history, given how long that she's been a an adult character in the shows, you know, going all the way back to Clone Wars, which is 18, 20 years prior to Star Wars, and now this is three years, five years after Return of the Jedi, that's a long while. That you're you're talking probably 25, 30 years difference. Bo-Katan should be probably in her late 40s, early 50s. If you want to really get down to the nub of it, that's that's the stickler for me, is that Katie Sackhoff didn't look old enough. I got a noise out of Mrs. Boss. Does did that not does it does that not strike you as being the a thing? No? Let me let you let me get that uh, get that turned on over there. That microphone there. I think she looked fine, and I think that with her face had the age to it. But you have to remember, if she's in any type of physical shape for the physicality of what she does going around stealing stuff and all that stuff, then it can be very deceiving on a woman's age. And when you get to it, I mean, take a look at some of the people, the, the celebrities and stuff that we have out these days, they don't look their age that you, you're sitting there like, really? Selma Hayek's this old and, you know, things well, like yeah. that. But her face, her face, if you look around, and it could be some of the caked on makeup and all that stuff, but her face did show the age. Yeah, well, and, and Sci-Fi Snow points out she's only 40 years old. Katie Sackhoff is only 40. So she's younger than me. No, she's not. Not by much. At least a year. But, I mean, to your point, you don't look 40. I will give you that. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it just seems like the, the character would be older chronologically given where this show takes place in the timeline. That's all. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. But what do I know? You rob the cradle. You don't. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So, so there's, there's that. Oh, by the way, uh, we I guess we have officially arrived as far as social media goes because uh, um, uh, what's going on here? YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. Y'all, uh, y'all let me know if we start to buffer. All right. I don't know. YouTube's giving me a warning. Maybe maybe they got maybe they got Sarkeesian. And they don't like us talking about boobs. All right, so um, so uh, Gina Carano posts a, a Teddy Roosevelt quote earlier today, and uh, over on Twitter we responded with a quote from James Lavelle, and she lacked our reply. So we've officially arrived, ladies and gentlemen. We can just turn the lights off and go home now because we're done. So. I'm happy about that. Speaking of Gina Carano, 
<sighs> They're at it again. Let's see. Where is this? This is, let's start here. Data Racer 117, who does an excellent job collecting all of this. And, and I tell you, I, I do not envy him this because this is just, this is like going through someone's trash after it has been flushed down the sewer uh, for, for someone to actively pursue and obtain screenshots of people being just garbage tier human beings. Uh, I, you know, data racer does an excellent job of this and I salute him. Uh, I, maybe we need to get him on, on the show at some point. He could be he could be a, a guest contributor every now and again, but we'll send an invite out. But this is uh, reactions to Gina Carano, cancel culture, the the busybody brigade, uh, talking about various different things that Gina Carano has posted, and the assumption is that she's conservative. Now she's never come out and said that she is or is not. Let's make that clear. She has never, as far as I know, she has never declared any kind of political affiliation, but she is uh, coming back and, and punching back at the people who have tried to cancel her. And this all started over the whole pronoun thing a few weeks ago. And they just continuously, relentlessly attack and brigade her. Uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to pull all of this up but the the hashtag fire Gina Carano is a thing. There are people that are trying to get her fired off of the Mandalorian because they perceive her as a dangerous person. She's she's anti she's an anti-masker. She's a COVID conspiracy nut. And well, she hasn't posted anything that would indicate any of that. But the people are assuming that because of her her Twitter activity, because of her social media activity, basically just questioning the blind, uh, you know, is blind leading the blind. Let's just do this because the government says so. And it doesn't necessarily follow that that's the best thing for us in terms of the economy, in terms of uh, uh, every, everything that's going on here. Well, yeah, I mean, worldwide, not just in the United States. <clears throat> and we've started to see things coming out as far as the uh, the Great Reset. We're starting, you know, that was that was a conspiracy theory until now we're starting to see video uh, for, from various different elected officials who are talking about a, a reset of sorts. This is a this is an economic threat to the United States. Uh, and I'm not going to get into a whole lot of politics here, but. Uh, the Great Reset has been something that's been discussed for a while with great concern from people who are worried that it's going to lead to a new, I don't want to say new world order because that sounds so, you know, that sounds so Bond villain-ish. But you know, essentially having the United States uh, in a submissive position to the United Nations and various other countries around the world 
reducing us from being a superpower. And you know, all there's a, a lot of different things there in terms of environment and economy and and healthcare and all this other garbage. And so the the reactions whenever whenever you sit there and say, you know, I I want to see the science on masks. I want to see the science on herd immunity. I want to see the science on how this virus actually works. Is this is this a naturally occurring virus? Is it man-made virus? You know, there is nothing wrong with asking questions about all of this. There's nothing wrong with sitting there saying, I don't really feel like we need to blindly follow whoever is the loudest voice in the room. That doesn't necessarily make them right. It doesn't make them correct. I want to see the information. And as we know, a lot of this information, I would say probably 99% of this information, has been politicized on both sides. And we're not getting any kind of objective real-time data that really gives us a, a true sense of what's going on. Uh, we have anecdotal information. We have people who've said, I've seen this go on. I've had this happen to me. I know this about this, you know, in terms of hospitals getting more money for, you know, if they have COVID cases, you know, all of that kind of thing. So there is enough out there to question the process, to question the circumstances. And and after the whole kerfuffle about her pronouns, in which people wanted to school her about her pronouns, she decided basically she's going to she's going to start punching back. And rightly so. I think she has a perfectly uh, a, a perfectly legitimate right to to answer the people who are trying to bully her um curtis says there's something wrong with sowing seeds of doubt and division to the expense of human lives i agree i think that there are people out there who are capitalizing on this one way or the other i don't think anybody is doing it deliberately to to kill anyone but I also don't think that we blindly take whatever gets fed to us and t and take it for take it for granted that that's the truth. Because how many times has the World Health Organization doubled back on itself? How many times has the the Centers for Disease Control contradicted themselves? How many times has Dr. Fauci changed his his, his story? The narrative continues to change, whether that is politics or new data. Or new understanding, new information, I you know, any of those things. It could be it could be any or all of those. But the attacks on on Gina Carano are clearly politically motivated. And I have to wonder if she's gotten to the point where she just doesn't give a rip, maybe because she's already done with the Mandalorian. I, I'm gonna make a prediction because we had this we had this rumor going around that maybe there was going to be a Cara Dune spinoff. I don't think there's going to be a Cara Dune spinoff. I think um, I think maybe uh, Cara Dune might 
possibly get killed off this this season. And maybe maybe she's got a little bit of immunity because, you know, Disney can't fire her. She's done. That's a guess. It's pure speculation on my part. Um, but it's it seems like she's decided, you know, it. Let's let's just, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. She still has yet to in, indicate any kind of political affiliation. She's just questioning. She's and she's saying, you know, don't just blindly follow whatever. And and that's on both sides. Question everything. Data Racer also has information here. And he, again, his research is just uh, really, I don't want to say interesting, thorough. Because you look on the, on the flip side of this, you know, you have, uh, you have Gina Carano getting attacked. At the same time, you have Pedro Pascal getting praised for being, I don't know, not a hero. But he's being praised for comparing uh, Trump supporters with uh, the Confederate States of America and the Nazi Party of Germany. Um, I'm going to take exception to this. I'm going to take issue to this. Because I am not a racist. I am not a, a, a fascist or a socialist or any of, any of those ists. Uh, and and I am and I personally am offended by anybody who would sit there and say because you vote a certain way you are a racist homophobe bigot ista whatever. I take that as an insult uh, as an insult on my character, and a lot of other people do too. And this goes back to, uh, you know, Hollywood types. You guys should have, you know, you're, you're perfectly welcome to have your opinions. And if you want to share your opinions, that's fine. But at the same time, you are doing harm to your brand. And that's what this goes back to. This goes back to the brand. Because whether it's your personal account or not, you represent a brand. And... Curtis, you've got a good point. Uh, what does cancel culture actually want? Cancel culture doesn't even know what they want. They want people to bend the knee at whatever the issue is of the time. Fill in the blank. It is, it is such a moving target for, for this group of people who've decided that they want to be the tastemakers and the gatekeepers for everything in terms of our entertainment and our society, our social structure, our government, all of those things. And you, we, want to, we want to tell you what you can read. We want to tell you what you can watch. We want to tell you what you can listen to. We want to, we want to tell you how to live your life. And I've said this before. We are at the uh, intersection of Fahrenheit 451 Animal Farm, Brave New World, and 1984. And I got to thinking about this. It hit me this morning. I finally have figured out what the cancel culture, what the cancel cult reminds me of. If you go back to the, to the music man, you go back to the music man, you have these, uh, the women of the town 
who start talking about Mary and the librarian. And there's the song, Pick a Little, Talk a Little. This is the one where they're just, they're, they're neener, the, the neener, neener, neener song. Pick a little, talk a little. And it is the gossip. It is the, uh, the oh, you don't want to talk to that person over there. That person over there is just a terrible person. You don't want to talk to that person over there because that person is terrible, does terrible things. And, oh, I can't tell you, but I'm going to have to tell you because I need to warn you about these things. The Bible has some very specific things to say about gossip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Curtis says, I had a cancel. Uh, I had a cancel a crazy acquaintance say it's rude to ask a server their name because they might be an introvert. I asked if she lived in the world where that means anything. Yeah, it, again, it's it's... You know, it's the uh, it's the offense of the day. What are we offended about today? That's where they that's I, that's where we are. Social media is doing that to us. You know, you know, and now we've got people like uh, you know, you've got you've got transparency tube, which wants to label all of the YouTube channels, whether they're right or left politically, whether or not they talk about politics at all or not is immaterial. But we're going to label them. It's a hit list. Fortunately, we haven't made that hit list yet. You know, you look at you look at now the 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 whole bits and pieces and chatter about Parlor. Parlor is, is where all the alt right Nazis conspiracies go. Andy Signor is over there. He's not a he's not on the right. Tim Pool's not on the right. You've got plenty of people that are on Parlor that are not on the right. But it's that it's that you know. We're going to other you because we don't like how you think. We don't like how you talk. We don't like what you say. And let's see here. Where do we go from here? <laughs> because this is the day. Well, let's see. We talk about parlor. Uh, the latest. Target of all of this, and this just happened over the weekend. James Arnold Taylor, who is the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars, he got attacked because he had an account on Parla. <gasps> And he apparently echoed, echoes the term, retweet, he reposted his account anyway. Whether or not he did it, that remains a question. But a couple of different things regarding the, regarding the pandemic. And they have decided now that James Arnold Taylor needs to be canceled. Reset era. This is 18 pages of discussion about James Arnold Taylor's two posts on Parler from a couple of months ago. He has since deleted his account because of this blowing up in his face. And he's basically saying, look, I'm not a, I'm not a anything. I'm not in a group. I'm an entertainer. 
He says, I'm not, pol- I'm not political. I'm an entertainer. I, I do voices for video games and television shows. But he got bullied, and they came after him. And again, Data Racer on the job, posting, you know, grabbing a bunch of screenshots about, you know, these accusations of racism and homophobia and istophobe and whatever simply because he got on another social media platform that they don't like. Now, I've been looking at all of these different social media platforms and the discussion has been here internally. We need to be looking at some of these because because there are questions about what's going to happen to Twitter, what's going to happen to Facebook, what's going to happen to YouTube. Because they have gotten so big and, and in my mind, dangerous enough and mon- monopolistic enough that they are going to draw the attention of the United States government. They already have. So rather than have all our eggs in one basket and just be on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, we're also on various other different social media channels just simply because you spread out your channels of communication. (laughs) Well, I do talk about it with my wife, Snob, but I also talk about it with other members of the staff because we do all have opinions about this stuff. And for, for whatever thoughts anybody may have about Gab or Minds or MeWe or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, I'm looking at it from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, that if there's an audience to reach on that platform, it maybe it's a smart idea to be on that platform. Whether that pans out or not, I don't know. But I can tell you objectively looking at the performance numbers of our videos as they've been uploaded to BitChute, for example, they're doing better on BitChute than they do on YouTube, and I've never promoted our BitChute channel. And there are a lot of people now that are using Rumble. I, 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 I'm just now learning about Rumble. I don't know that it's, it's someplace for us to be, but it might be. The flip side of that argument is how many how many social media channels can we be on that I can afford to spend the time to maintain? Because it takes time. Whether you're using something like Hootsuite or, or TweetDeck or wherever to, to maintain and, and automate some of this stuff, it's just, you know, <coughs> it, it takes time. It takes time to manage all of this. So the question is, is it worth it? So, and yeah, our audience is not huge. But it's growing a little bit, a little bit at a time. I don't know. Hello, Leslie in the chat. Leslie is, uh, I will, I will, I will plug one of our shows. Leslie is the co-host of our brand new show, Foreign Bodies. Uh, It is uh, a a discussion she and Mr. Harvey talk about horror 
from outside the United States. And uh, we just posted episode number two, uh, getting into the beginnings of the discussion about horror from Russia. So uh, you want to check into that. And that's the, uh, posted. We're going to do those every other Saturday. And we just posted episode two this past Saturday. So the next one will be out uh, in, a, in, a week in, a, in a week and a half or so. Uh, but this this kind of this kind of thing where people are getting attacked just because of what they say or what they're perceived to say, what they're presented to have said, whether they said it or not, is ridiculous. People should be allowed to have opinions and not be pilloried for it. But we've gone through this before. We've talked about all of this in in some some detail in in to a degree. But this is the new stuff. This is the stuff that's been going on this weekend and then you've got that star wars girl who is i mean really in in the grand scheme of things anna is not anybody that you would know she's not famous she's not she's not a celebrity she's just somebody on youtube and she's got an opinion and she's got an art background and she posts these side-by-sides about she-ra and the only thing she says, this is infuriating. Take that for what you will. I mean, who knows what the, what, what is she infuriated about? She doesn't say. It's ambiguous. It's unclear. My takeaway is I'm looking at the art. And the art from the current iteration of She-Ra, which has been canceled, by the way, it's garbage. It is hot tumbler garbage. I don't like these designs. I'm not a big. I'm not a She-Ra fan. I don't care. I didn't watch the show. I didn't watch the original show. That's not. I, I came after I was in that age group. But Anna has been the target of harassment. All weekend, it has been relentless since she posted this on November 14th, Saturday evening, all through Saturday night, all through Sunday. Pick, 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 pick. Is Anna not allowed to have an opinion? Is she not allowed to have an opinion because it doesn't conform to yours? Is it because she's is it because she's a woman? And people are assuming that she's white and she says, "No, I'm not white." She's short. I mean, does that does that negate her opinion because she's short? Because she says something you don't like? This kind of stuff has to stop, people. The busybody brigade needs to stop. Curtis is a good point. The market will sort it out means people will bully you till you stop. And that's what's happening. People are bullies. And social media exacerbates that. Social media allows us to do that. 
we sit there and we talk about, you know, freedom of speech and, and well, speech has consequences and all of that. Yeah, but <sighs> comics Twitter, law Twitter, anything on Twitter should not be the place where that gets decided what we should or should not do, can or cannot think. In the marketplace of ideas, there is room for a lot of different ideas, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different ideologies. Uh, you know, I hear here on staff, there are a number of people on the staff who don't agree with me in terms of politics. That's that's the reality of it. And that's fine. I don't expect everybody to conform to my particular set of political views. <laughs> uh, watch out. Sci-Fi Snob is headed over to our, our Twitter account to uh, to bully us now. So just, yeah. All right. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay. Well, Ari Bryce said this when she resigned from the New York Times. You know, the New York Times editorial board is beholden to the Twitterati. The, yeah, what, what Richard Meyer calls uh, uh, the 12 crazy people on Twitter. And... I'm going to blame Tumblr when they when they banned porn. They all went over to Twitter. And, you know, all of social media is a dumpster fire. This is not anything new. And I do, Curtis, yes, I try to be reasonable. And here on this program, I've had people as guests that that I don't necessarily agree with politically. But that's not the point of this show. The point of the show when we have guests is to talk about whatever the guest is working on, whatever the guest wants to talk about. And I'm I'm in, you know, I'm trying to be objective. I'm trying to be fair. Let's provide an opportunity for people to talk about what they what they what they're doing, their new book, their new show, their new movie. I don't have to agree with everybody that comes on this show as a guest. And the guests don't have to agree with me in order to be a guest. And the staff doesn't have to agree with me in order to be contributing. <laughs> Mrs. Boss, uh, I, I don't necessarily have to agree with you 100% of the time. It helps. But I also think that one of the things that has inhibited our growth as a channel has been the fact that we haven't staked a claim in the, in the anger mob. We haven't been rage media. We haven't been part of the call-out culture. We haven't gone after anyone. Um, I, I go after behaviors that I think are counterproductive, but I'm not going to do that all the time. I mean, that's, to me, that's tiring and it's going to get old and it's going to get boring. And I, even, even now when I sit here and talk about this kind of stuff, I'm tired of talking about it. It keeps coming up 
and it reminds me of when Tim had his own when 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 H2O went on hiatus and it was just the Tim Harvey show for a while. He did eight episodes. And <coughs> excuse me, pretty much every week was we have to talk about these people doing despicable things. And why do I have to keep talking about this? Because this is all that's in the news. It this would not be a thing that I would want to sit and and pick at every single day. This gets old. This gets tired. But at the same time, you know, it's like a hydra. It just keeps, you know, rearing a head. You cut one off and here come two more. I mean, we just get done dealing with uh, you know, people wanting to to cancel Gina Carano and then it comes around again and no, oh, let's double down and now we add, you know, the boob armor. And then James Arnold Taylor. And, it, you know, it just it just keeps going. It just keeps going. And then you have certain people that get a pass for their behavior when they do kind of the same thing. So, you know, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to sit here and, and, and see this kind of thing happening. Leslie, you're right. Sci-fi is supposed to be fun and bring people together. All of this stuff. It's entertainment. It's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be an escape. An escape. That's what it's supposed to be. And social media really ostensibly was supposed to help us connect with people we hadn't talked to in a while. And it's evolved and degenerated into this subculture of odious behavior. Bullies. The, and that's, and again, this is kind of like what's going on with the news. I mean, I've been in media in 30, for 30 years. If it bleeds, it leads is a thing. There's a reason why you turn on the news and there's all this bad stuff because that's the news. Because that's, that's, that gets the attention. That's riveting. That's drama. But... That's not all the news. If if the entire 30-minute newscast was puppies and kittens and flowers, it wouldn't last very long. Media leans into that which every everybody responds to. And the the algorithms for social media have gotten us to the point where Radicalization is a thing. This us versus them othering mentality is a thing. Well, in Snobby got a point. Sci science fiction usually re reflects the time. It, it it is a product of its time, wherever it's whenever it's written. But I also think, and we've talked about this on H2O a couple of times, th there is a difference between there's a difference between being a product of its time and having certain thematic issues and characterization issues 
there's a difference between that and completely burying your story in whatever modern day tropes of the time. Is that it, it, I don't know if that if, if I'm being clear on that. Because you can have ideas in science fiction and fantasy and even horror stories, you can have ideas that transcend the time in which those those stories were written. And I think that's what you see a lot with Star Trek, with the original Star Trek. The, yeah, the, those three years, there were some clunkers. There were some over-the-top, in-your-face clunkers. Let that be your last battlefield, probably the worst of them, in terms of message fiction. But in terms of allegorical stuff, in terms of addressing certain issues, Star Trek does a fairly good job of it, at least in the beginning. Nowadays, I would say probably not so much because they are so focused and and the entertainment industry as a whole is so focused on the politics of the day that everything they do is going to be dated five years from now, ten years from now, two years from now. The landscape of society continues to change. But at the same time, we sit there and, and do now, now, now in our entertainment. It's not going to last. It's not going to have that enduring quality that you get from something like 2001 or Planet of the Apes or Rocketship Galileo, Space Cadet, Foundation, Dragon Riders of Perm. The Honor Harrington series. Those those books may have social issues and, and discussions woven into the narrative, but they're not beating you in the face with them and trying to make a point of some message. The, the story comes first and everything else is just kind of blended in there. You don't get that now with some stories. I'm not going to say with everything. But, I don't know. It, it's, it, is, uh, it is a challenge, and I don't know that we're going to find the answer anytime soon. But let us, let us determine for ourselves, let us determine to ourselves, that we will not be part of the problem. That we will not be the bullies. That we will not be those 12 angry mobsters on Twitter. Let, uh, let's, let's try to present our better natures. Hello, Drunk3PO. I need to send you a message. Uh... Something that I that I posted over the weekend, and this this comes back to my head a lot. Character is who we are when nobody's looking. Character is not who we are when social media is looking. That's too performative. That is clout chasing. I want to be on the right side of history, quote-unquote. 
that never tends to work out well in the long run. Be true to yourself. Be true to your character and your nature. And let that be your better nature. There's a lot to be said for the delete button over the tweet button. Ask yourself, before you hit send, is this going to help? Is this going to do harm? Is this true? Is it not? Will someone benefit or not? Let's practice good social media hygiene for a little bit and see what happens. I don't expect things to change, honestly. I'm the cynic in the room. But let's put our better natures on display for a while and see what happens. Maybe. I have no idea. I don't think anybody will listen. But it's a good way to fill an hour, and I've filled an hour. So there we are. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if, uh, if any of you would like to have one of our stickers, you could send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. Or if you have material to re that you'd like us to review, uh, you can send that as well. And uh, Leslie, I still have to send you something. Our mailing address is 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. And we will get that on the way. And I am uh, chasing our vendor for the mugs to try to get that all sorted out so maybe we could start making those available as well so that's that's coming one of these days if you would like to save a little money on stuff remember we have our discount code over at superherostuff.com 10% off when you use the promo code sci-fi for me 10 and if you are so inclined the money you save there, you can send to us. We do have a Subscribestar account set up. Uh, I need to update it. It's not something that I've been maintaining very well because we don't have any activity over there yet, but that's okay. Uh, and, of course, we do invite you uh, to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, make sure your notifications are turned on for that. And you can find us on all the social media, various different social media. Uh, follow us there and uh, on your way out if you would like to leave us a thumbs up don't forget you can leave us a comment you can send us an email um, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com is the address there and uh, we are continuing to monitor convention schedule changes we post those uh, on a fairly regular basis Mindy is keeping an eye on all of the calendars and the lists uh, so we'll have those updates as they come in. And tonight we'll have a brand new H2O podcast. Mr. Harvey and I are going to be talking about something. I don't know what yet. We'll figure it out. And we will be back tomorrow uh, with more discussion. Uh, Travis Heerman, uh, author, will be here as our guest. We'll be talking about his work. And that's at 1 p.m. Eastern noon central tomorrow and we will be back in the meantime check out any of the rest of our videos uh, listen to our podcasts 
and share the links. Tell other people about us, uh, unless you're complaining about us, in which case, keep it to yourself. All right. Thanks. Bye. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.